Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. We are Riverbend. As many of you know, in 1946, this church was established, constituted officially in late 1946. And the story that we've told many times, I'm sure you've heard, but out of tragedy, this place was born. In 1946, Miss Sally Crumley gathered some kids for worship and, and prayer and to learn about Jesus on Sundays in response to a tragedy that had occurred right here in this community with a young child who drowned in the river. Later that year, at, after Miss Crumley had been leading a gathering, Riverbend Church was later constituted and just want to call attention to the fact that out of great tragedy, God birthed a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we stand here today on the shoulders of Miss Sally Crumley, but also many, many others that were like her. Many, many of you have been here for years and years and years helping carry the load, helping love those around us, helping care for the body, helping serve in whatever way you can. There's many Miss Sally Crumleys that have helped us, that that we stand on their shoulders today. Many of you have sacrificed your time, your talent, your treasures in service to the Lord and this community. And it's important today that we remember where we came from, so that we can better understand where we're going. And I just want to acknowledge that it takes a village. The purpose of the church is to glorify God ultimately and exalt the name of Jesus. And we do that in community. It's much bigger than one man. It's it's much bigger than whoever our next lead pastor is going to be standing up here. It's much bigger than the previous lead pastor and the the previous lead pastors. It's a community of faith. God is raised up here and you're a part of that. There's a place for you here. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, if you remember back in, in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew records this scene on the mountain in Galilee where Jesus appears before his apostles and he gives them the mission. He he gives them the plan of action, right? That the battle plan. Here's what you are to do. I'm going back to the Father in heaven. I'm leaving the mission, the ministry with you. Here's what you are to do. And the apostles stand there having their world turned upside down and shaken and stirred and all sorts of disoriented before Jesus as he's about to ascend to the Father. And they listen to these words that we read today. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. So go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But don't just stop there. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We've heard this. We've read this before. This is what we know as the Great Commission. Jesus gave the church 
a mission before he went back to heaven. And he he said, number one, make disciples. Well, where do we begin with that? We, We begin right under our feet with people all around us. Well, to what end do we go with that, Jesus? We go to the ends of the earth and to all nations making disciples. And here's what we are to do. We're to baptize them. Later today, we're going to see, in, we're going to celebrate baptism in the park outside. We're going to have an opportunity to see people profess their faith publicly. And, it, and it's a picture of, of being buried with Jesus and, and crucifying the, the former life, the flesh, and then being risen to, to walk in newness of life with Christ. The, the same way that he died and rose again, that's what we do in the power of his resurrection. We rise. And that's the picture of baptism. Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Help them learn. Help them learn my ways. The same way Jesus said to his apostles that I've been walking with you and teaching you, do also to them. And don't be afraid. Remember always that I'm with you. Remember always that I'll be with you to the end of the age. This is the mission that Christ left the apostles with, and this is what our mission is founded on today. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. That's our mission. This is why we're here. This is why we exist. I don't know who wrote that. I didn't write that, but I like it because it's based on the mission, the the great commission that Jesus left for us. This is how. This is our mission. This is how we're going to see disciples made to the ends of the earth. We're, We're leading all people to know and love and live New life in Jesus Christ. Our our mission is designed to communicate our heart. And and when you really look at it, it's a process. Our, Our process for making disciples is built in to this mission. And it it begins on the inside. To know, to love, and to live new life in Christ personally first for each one of you, no matter where you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter if you are a Christian yet. This is, what, this is the process that we focus on inwardly to know Him, to love Him and love others and, and to live out this new life that we've been given. That's, that's our desire for every person here to know, love, and live new life in Christ personally. So the first thing that I want to tell you today, the first thing I want to give you is there's a place for you here. There's a place for you here. Because it begins with this, know, love, live new life in Christ. There's a place for you to, to find that here first and foremost and then there's a place for you to then have as you've experienced this personally to then step in and participate in the mission of leading others to experience this personally there's a place for you here well jared 
I can't sing like Michael or Jennifer or Brian at Oakwood. And I know that's right. And you can't look like Brian at Oakwood either. I want y'all to know that over there. I'm just going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that right there. But I love you, Brian. I'm grateful for what you're doing. I can't sing like them. I don't have this talent. Or, or maybe you're here and, you're, and you've been here for a while and you're like, but Jared, I can't, I, I can't go back there and serve with the kids because I'm afraid I'm going to drop a baby right on his head, you know? I'm not good with kids. I'm not good with babies. I, I can't teach a small group. I, I can't. That's a tall order. That's a big deal. I, I'm not able. I'm not ready. There's a place for you here. There's a place for you here. Can you hold a door? Can you smile? Can you welcome somebody in? Can you pray? Can you be a part of our our body by praying for our body? Can you join a small group and and maybe be a part of learning and and growing? Maybe you're not ready to teach it yet, but but you're ready to join one and and learn and grow in one. We just started small groups back today, praise God. And that's where community happens. That's where depth of understanding and knowledge of who God is and what he's doing happens life on life. Can you be a listening ear to a young person? You spend a little extra time each week be in there for our next generation. It, you know, sometimes it's, it's less about knowing all the answers and more about being there for someone and, and then pointing them to the answers. Can you? There's a place for you here. And while you're here, participating in the vision, the mission, here's what we want you to do while you're here. Know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. Know, love, and live new life. And then what happens as you become a participator in this mission is you lead others to do the same, to know, love, and live new life in Christ. What happens on the inside will overflow to the outside. Look at Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 with me. Our our entire mission is bottled up right here in these two verses. And I don't know if they planned it that way. I'm the new kid around here. But I think it's really cool when you can see our mission in Scripture in multiple parts of Scripture. And here's one place where I found it in Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. Therefore, be imitators. Imitate God. Live out this new life in Christ. Imitate him. You see that there? As beloved children. So live out the new life in Christ as beloved children. In other words, knowing that you're loved. Knowing Jesus' love for you. Know, live, and walk in Love, walk in love, live out this love, love one another, love God and love people. We see, know, love and live right here in this verse as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, 
a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul gives us the model. He says, remember, you are beloved children of the Most High God. No, you are beloved children of the Most High God. And and just as your children imitate you, imitate your Father who is in heaven, live out this new life in Christ. And finally, walk in love as Christ loved you and gave himself up for you. And as you do, you will be a powerful example to the world of who God is and what he's doing. I was thinking about this part of scripture this week and I was watching my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's about to turn eight and she's getting pretty good at drawing and she spends a lot of time tracing and drawing and, you know, parents like of young kids, it, it, they could draw anything. Like it could be awful and you still love it. Like I, I got a stack of, on my nightstand, it's getting really tall, you know. It's so tall, I'm about to start doing my Zoom calls on top of that stack, you know, to where I could, nobody gets that joke. All right, awesome. You elevate the camera so you could be eye level. No, nobody can. Okay. So my daughter's getting really good at drawing things. And if you've ever watched a child and the way they learn how to draw, you know, you start with tracing and you, you trace a picture sort of under your page, right? And you, and you, maybe they start with a simple picture and they just trace the outline of that picture very simply. And, and then as they progress, they have a more complex picture that they're tracing and they learn how to trace a more complicated picture. And, and then when they graduate from that, they get to a point where they can just look at something and draw it. They don't have to trace anymore. They, they look at it and they can draw it. Maybe some of you are artists in the room and you can do that. Like you could see a river scene. You sit outside the back of uh, uh, Chris Guthrie's house with the big pasture and, and all the beauty and, and all the things. And you just draw it, you know, and he's not laughing at me. And you just draw the picture. Maybe you could do that. And then you get further from that and you, you even elevate beyond that and, and you're able to hold a picture in your mind without seeing the picture and you're able to draw it just from what's in your mind. And, and my daughter's getting there where she, it's not very complicated, but she sees a princess without seeing it on paper or seeing it on a picture. She could see it in her mind and she draws that princess and it, it's usually pretty good. Like it looks like a princess, you know? And I thought about that. I thought, man, in a similar way, we are to model our lives after Christ. We, we begin by tracing, you know, studying deeply and, and tracing it. And, and it might feel simple at first, the picture that you're tracing. And you might feel like you're not ready to, to act like that, to imitate him like that, to love the way he loves, to live the way he lives. And you start, you, you, you trace it simply. And then you graduate from that and, you, and you're tracing more complicated things now. And, and you're, you're able to do that. But then you get to a point where you're looking at him and doing it without tracing it. And and then even beyond that, maybe you're going to get to a point or maybe you're already there where you're in a conversation with someone or you're in a deep, dark, troubling situation and, and you're in over your head and you don't know what to do, but in your mind, you can see Jesus and you begin to act like that. 
This is what the Holy Spirit does as he sanctifies us. He makes us more mature so that we could be right in the middle of life's storms and we know how to act because we can see Jesus. We've been studying. We've, we've been growing in our relationship with him. Our heart is becoming more like his. And so when we're pressed or when we're squeezed, we begin to act like him, begin to imitate his life. I want you to look at how Peter puts it in his opening, the opening section of his second letter. This is very practical. And I would submit to you that we can find our mission statement in this portion of scripture as well. Second Peter 1, starting in verse 3. God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What a statement. Pertain, everything pertaining to life and godliness by God's power. He has granted to us through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Through the knowledge, we want you to know him. We want you to know him and make him known. That's a part of our mission. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature live new life in Christ that you may become partakers imitators of him of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire having left the old life and now going and walking in the new life for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Paul lists eight qualities here, very specifically, very, very practically. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the times when I'm studying the Bible where I, I kind of blow through a list, faith, virtue, self-control. Okay, 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 okay. If you keep these qualities, they'll keep you being ineffective or in, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I'm like, oh, what did I miss? Because I want to be fruitful. I want to be effective. So what was that list again that he just made? I want to understand how to be fruitful and how to be effective in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we go back and we study that list. I'll come back to it in a minute. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins, having forgotten that he had been captured by love and now he is living out this new life. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. 
since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able to at any time recall these things. Peter's urging his readers, I'm not going to be here long. So I've I find it right, I find it prudent, I find it helpful, I find it a wise use of my time to continue to remind you of these things, these qualities that you must possess. You could see how deeply Peter believed in what he was teaching. That faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love are qualities that will help you help you be fruitful and effective and ultimately guarantee your entrance into eternal life if you maybe you're in this room and you kind of like me where you you question like oh well what about Do you think you could fake those qualities? Do you think you could put them on and and fake it? Like, like are you saying that my salvation and my entrance into eternity is based on works? Are, Are you saying, like, so we could just earn it ourselves? No. Absolutely not. We cannot earn it ourselves. That's not the teaching of Peter here. He's not saying do these things so that you can earn favor with God. He's saying these qualities are a matter of the heart and they will flow out of the true disciple. They will flow out of the true Christian, the the true follower of Jesus. Can you fake these qualities? Probably. I know a lot of good people that aren't Christians, but the point is that when your heart has been transformed by faith in the person and work of Jesus, your life will bear fruit and the fruit will prove the relationship and it will sustain over time. There may be people around you that have good virtue. Where's that virtue coming from? And will it stand the test? There may be people around you that have good self-control, but where does self-control come from? And will it stand the test? When these qualities are yours bubbling up out of a changed heart, a new heart, a heart that knows, loves, and lives new life in Christ, the fruit will prove the relationship with Jesus. You can see our mission all throughout this passage and all throughout the Bible. Know, love, and live new life in Christ. This is the heart of Riverbend Church. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. To learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.